Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Bald Guy Investing Podcast with your host, Jeff Brown, and our guest, Greg Wood. This is Jeff Brown, better known as the Bald Guy around the country. Today, I'm introducing to you a member of my team that's been with me for a while now. His name is Greg Wood, and he is vastly experienced in what I do and some things that I don't do. Welcome, Greg. Thanks, Jeff. So today we're going to talk about uh, some of the things that our Node Investment Group is doing in a town called St. George, Utah, where Greg lives. And I want to make very clear before we get started, I've already invested six figures. There will be more than that invested on my own. We've already started, Greg and I, as a partnership, developing a couple of home lots. They've already broken ground and, and they're, they're on their way doing it. They ought to be ready sometime between the end of April or, or July. So what I'm asking, Greg, the first question is, just tell us a little bit about what we're doing with the Node Investment Group with land there in Utah. To be honest, it's something I've had a passion for. I've known about for 12 years. I helped the original owner purchase the land 12 years ago, almost 13 years now, coming up April. Um, and then the recession hit, but he, he created a master plan community of 2,300 acres here in Southern Utah that there was well over a million dollars just in the master plan in itself, not any uh, supporting services, et cetera, to, to get that plan done. Just a third party called DPZ created a master plan for that. And uh, DPZ uh, out of Florida, I believe, they're world famous for putting together traditional neighborhood design or TND. And that's also considered new urbanism, neighborhood, walkable cities, et cetera. And across the board worldwide, any master plan community like that or cities that are considered traditional neighborhood designs or walkable neighborhoods get 20 to 30% more in sales prices than any other comparable markets surrounding theirs. And this is a brand new one. I, we literally just broke ground on the first homes just a month, month and a half ago, uh, you and I, and uh, we're, we're starting to, to continue. And I could explain quite a bit more about why Southern Utah, why St. George and the surrounding areas, uh, if you'd like me to dig into that a little bit more. I could speak for hours and hours on this one project uh, itself. So maybe you could help direct me on some things uh, and I could go into those uh, the thoughts a little bit further. Well, I think we'll get into the details in another podcast or two because I'm sure my listeners will want to hear that because I don't get excited over too many things having done this kind of stuff for over 48 years now. But this particular development reminds me of one or two developments I've, I saw in San Diego in the 80s where it was in such high demand you could have sold three lots for every one they had. And we're the first in. One of the things that maybe you can describe is uh, what we've already bought in the note group. We've in the last several weeks, I've caused eight hundred ninety-five thousand dollars to be wired for the purchase in cash in total of two lots: one for an eleven-unit site and one for a six-unit site, both residential, with possibly one standalone type of commercial on each lot, maybe. Why don't you let us know the process, where you are in developing those, and when you think they'll come to fruition to the group? Okay. Just a little of a background of the Southern Utah market, just so people understand why 
St. George. Most have never heard of it. It's actually in a town called Hurricane, Utah, which is just outside of St. George. We have a 3.1% annual growth rate. Uh, there's 5 million visitors to Zion National Park, which is a 30-minute drive from this property site. We're an hour and a half drive from Las Vegas. Uh, it's really just a mecca for retirees, golfing, and outdoor sports. This property is right in the middle of all that. And it's the highest demand area that people have, have been looking forward to having developed. The particular lots uh, that we are in question now is the first phase of the first subdivision. And there's 117 total lots in this first phase. They have fully mature sycamore trees lining the roads and the streets. They have a park in there. There's going to be a pool, a clubhouse, other landscape amenities. The first subdivision, I think they would have spent at least all in $6 million in improvements uh, Wow! to even start a first home. The lots that the Note Group purchased, there was 11 lots that are attached. And Southern Utah has a, a look, for the most part, that's very southwestern. And I always refer to it as the 50 shades of brown. <laughs> Um, this is actually ha brings in a little bit more of the European flair. The 11 units that are m predominantly attached uh, are as small as 1,200 square feet, and they go up to a 4,000 square foot home. Uh, but it, it's reminiscent of, of something you might see in Chicago or New York, like in the brownstones. You can go uh, up two, three stories, and those will be predominantly nightly rental units. The plans are designed by a world-renowned architect out of California. And then the second group of lots, there's six lots that we just closed on, uh, are across the street. And those units are also, there's a five-plex and a flex unit. Each side of the street has a flex unit, which is what's considered a live-work unit. Bottom can be retail space. It could be excursion. could be a restaurant. And then upstairs and or behind it could be the livable units. And that's, un, we don't have that in Southern Utah at all. That's something you could see in Paris. You'd see it in New York, where dotted throughout the project, you can live, have your hair salon, nail salon, consulting business right there on the front of the street and live in the back. And that's already part of the master plan. So it's extremely, especially nowadays when people want to work out of their home, they want to have their accounting practice, their financial planning, their real estate right there where they don't have to pay rent outside somewhere far away from their home. They could do it right there and, and work uh, as convenient as possible. Let me interrupt you there, Greg. I think with the new tax bill and a lot of things happening and the way, for instance, millennials often look at business, I think St. George and wherever else they're doing that business in the front, home in the back, which I haven't seen anywhere but St. George. But when they are starting to build that, I think that's going to become a phenomenon. What about you? Yeah, I've, I'm excited. More and more people I know want to work out of their home, but they don't want the distractions of what their home provides. That's one of the, the obstacles I've always had for many years in, in my careers. I wanted to work out of the home, but I couldn't get away from the kitchen, the fridge, the kids, whatever. And this way, we designed it where you could do that. You could separate it and make it feel like it's your office. And, and it's just so much more convenient. And the tax advantages you quite know, you're able to deduct that as a business or hopefully would in the future be able to deduct that as well. And it will become extremely popular once someone knows that they could have their hair salon and yet still know that their kids are, are right there next door. 
Well, and it's going to be a lot easier to sell a, a booming business to another potential owner when they can buy the house too. Yeah, I think about that. What if you wanted just this neighborhood, you wanted to just make a bakery and you just want to make pies. You could actually outfit it to do that and don't have to worry about the overhead that's killing you that you would normally have on a retail space. These 11 units also are, again, going to be most likely nightly rental units. We might sell a few here and there, but the nightly rentals are extremely popular right now. Most areas don't allow that nationwide. It's very difficult to get the licensing requirements to have nightly rentals. This was already pre-planned and pre-designed to be able to do that on a number of these units, and these include that. Because of the proximity uh, of Las Vegas, snow skiing, ATV, uh, sand rails, uh, side-by-sides, the the national parks, golfing, this is a huge mecca for people, uh, especially from February on. Uh, They want their second homes here, and they want to play here. That's why people come. We have the World Senior Games every year here. We have uh, the St. George Marathon, which qualifies for the Boston Marathon that's here. I already mentioned one national park. Bryce Canyon is uh, an hour and a half drive from here, which is also another one of the top five visits. The Grand Canyon's not too far away. So the proximity to the fun lifestyle that people want is here. And that's why the nightly rental is a high demand. It's a smaller town, even though we're one of the fastest growing in the nation. I think we're number eight fastest growing city or small city in the nation just by percentage of growth. And we typically do see a two to 3% annual growth rate year after year after year, other than the recession that we ran into. Greg, what would be the rent for a two or three bedroom home brand new uh, on a nightly basis for say Airbnb and that type? The on season, probably $500 a night for a smaller 2,000 square foot type of a home. On the off season, right dead of winter where, or it could be slow, you might see it $200 a night. So that's the range I would say is uh, roughly 200 to 500 a night, depending on the size of the unit. Is that split up to about six months a piece? Um, you know what's unique here is we, we have year-round demand and it just changes. It's either really high off the charts where you can't get a room anywhere near us uh, or uh, there's quite a few available. Right now you could get a home a nightly rental. So the, the vacancy, I would guess, is probably three months of the year. You might say that you're probably vacant depending on the price that you put on the home. My calculations, I went ahead and just said, okay, six months of the year is vacant and you're getting income for the remaining six to be conservative. Gotcha. Now, as you, you're about to break ground, I think you said on the 11 units uh, very shortly, when do you think uh, the 11 and the six unit will come to fruition? About when in 2018? My goal would be to have them completed within six months, I would say by June. Could be quicker, it could be a little lower. One of the problems we're running into now is, is the labor force is shrinking. Our growth is growing. We have a pretty substantial hospital here because of the aging population in our community. They're expanding that, and a lot of the labor force moved there. They're adding high schools and elementary schools. A lot of those people are, are busy laborers or busy in those areas, and they're getting paid quite well. Uh, the challenge we run into is there's not many people replacing the aging workers. So you don't see a lot of the uh, millennials wanting to be laborers right now. Uh, having said that, unless that gets fixed, uh, we could see 
Uh, things take a little bit longer to build to find quality skilled laborers, but most likely five to six months is, is our goal to finish the 11 units. So let's just say by July, they'll be completed. The six units, I hope to start construction in mid-February, and that's the same time frame uh, six months after that. And I know you hate these questions, but just a wide range. How do you see the profit coming out for the investment in those two? Initially, the idea would be to sell uh, half of the units um, and then take the profits from those sales to buy down or, or possibly even own these without much of a mortgage. But the profits um, look pretty healthy. Uh, we do have a partnership with a builder, slightly a builder operator, where they're throwing in their construction fee. Uh, so, for example, these 11 units, normally you'd have to pay a general contractor uh, five $600,000 for their fee to build the units. They're willing to throw that in for equity in the project. And they also want to operate these. They have a company that does the nightly rentals. They also own a resort. Uh, there's a beach resort on the Sand Hollow Lake. They own that building as well. They're going to help cross-sell the nightly rentals uh, for, for, again, equity ownership in that. But the goal is to where we would say that we, uh, I'm just going to use a hypothetical number, on a smaller unit, it's a 1,200 or 1,600 square foot unit. That unit would cost us right now 150,000 uh, in cost plus the lot. We're about 200,000 dollars, let's say, in, in cost to build to let's say 225, 250. The goal would be is that we would then take out a long-term loan at very favorable terms at uh, and only need to borrow. $200,000. And our monthly payment, taxes and insurance, everything, you're probably close to, let's say, $1,200 a month. The nightly rental on that would be $300 per night. And let's just cut that in half by the vacancy and then reduce that a little bit more. It still pencils quite well where there's going to be a night, a monthly income. I figured on average annual return should be 20 to 25%. That's my goal is the annual return just on the income. The other thing that we have to consider is the demand uh, hopefully will continue and there's not that many licensing allowances in our area for nightly rentals. And therefore the, the ability for us to sell these units uh, for probably $300 a square foot after they're built out and that subdivision is built out, it's realistic to that we could sell those units for a pretty hefty profit. We're in it, let's say 250, we probably could sell for three fifty in a year, year and a half. Gotcha. Now, are you talking about a sixteen hundred square foot? Yes. Because I, I, as soon as you start talking numbers like that, of course, I get out my twelve C calculator, <laughs> and three hundred dollars a square foot is four hundred and eighty thousand. Right, and and the reason is there's some that are twelve hundred square feet. They go up to sixteen hundred, two story. The reason I said sixteen hundred is it would be a two story unit would be more like a twelve hundred bottom and then four five six hundred top. So it would be a little bit difference in value because a two story wouldn't sell the whole sixteen hundred be three hundred a foot. It'd be more three hundred for the twelve hundred square foot square footage and then maybe two hundred for the second story. I'm talking like an appraiser right now, but got it. So being conservatively, I'm saying 350 could even be quite a bit higher, depending on how popular the attached product is to people that want to own investments. 
Now, if you find a sophisticated investor, they will pay just on the return. So if you can prove it has a, a one to two year track record of income and it can be turnkey, investors will just say, well, what I'll pay whatever to get a 12, 13% cap on my money. Of course. Now, Greg, down the road, what other future opportunities do you see in the same development? Well, because this is a master plan community, there it's entitled to have 10,000 home sites and we won't live as long as this project will continue to grow. Anything and everything has a possibility here on the project. We can get commercial, hotels, large estate lots, storage units, RV parking. The list goes on and on of what this project is uh, allowing us to have. Immediately, though, phase two is right down the, I mean, uh, connected to this. Phase two, the owner of the land would love to partner with us to develop phase two starting next year. That could be something we get into where we, he's going to put up the land costs. We would then consider developing the land with our money and or possibly a combination of bank money with investor money to develop phase two. And then we would own that land with the original owner. That's an immediate possibility. Across the street is some storage units. Uh, I do have that land under contract for the storage and other product, which could be a senior housing complex. It could be a first-time homebuyer apartment or condos. It's immediately present. We need senior housing as well as affordable housing in Southern Utah. Our county right now is at about 165,000 in the county. Uh, They're projected by 2020 to be 186,000 and by 230, 251,000 in our county. And it just continues to go 2040. They're saying 320, 2065, a half a million people in this area. Jeez. Um, Not many communities can claim that because they bump up against major cities or, you know, it's too rural that people just don't want to live there. So we'll see that our area will be one of the most popular places for retirees and workers and This project, again, is in the heart of all of that. But we'll see that. Our goal is to not overprice things. We want to have quality homes that people live in and have a modest increase in price that makes sense so that people will continually to want to live. And we want first-time buyers to live in the apartments or condos. And when they can afford their first home, they move across the street or in that neighborhood. And when they're ready to retire or maybe upgrade to a bigger home, then they can move into the project's estate lots. And then when they retire, they move back into a smaller home and or assisted living centers. So the goal is to create a community that you never want to leave. All the recreation is going to be within 15 minutes. Uh, All your shopping, your gas stations, your churches, uh, your parks your dog runs, everything's within a 15-minute walk. That's the way the project has developed to have that. Well, and let me interrupt here. What attracted me mostly, not only for the note group investing portion, but for my own investable cash, was the fact that it's Southern Utah, not Southern California. And <laughs> Good point. Yeah, you just outlined all the advantages of Utah over California. The only thing that works in California is you're betting on the next group of buyers being able to pay the next silly high price. Yeah, to give you a good idea, uh, the prices right now for homes, they have jumped up considerably in Southern Utah just in the last two years. However, it's still very affordable. Uh, You can build a very nice custom home with granite, custom cabinets, hardwood floors, two-by-six construction, 
that home can be built for about $200 a square foot. Really nice fixtures and lighting, a decent sized quarter acre lot, maybe bigger. All of that could be included. So a 3,000 square foot home that people want to build, come here and they could customize it out. And they're only in it 600,000 with as much nice items that they could ever imagine in the home. And that's what we see a lot of California retirees or even second homeowners. They sell their $3 million home in California that is nowhere near as nice as they could build a home here for 600 grand. And they do that and have plenty of cash left over to invest. And that's what we've tried to encourage people to do. Heck yes. But we're also seeing people get away from what's called the McMansion syndrome that we saw in the 80s and 90s, you know. <laughs> people are saying, I'm tired of the utility bills and having to furnish this monster home and the, the maintenance, the upkeep goes up that you rarely use. And as you age, you don't need all that space. And what's funny is the kids, not to age any of us, but I look, if I were to build a six, 7,000 square foot home and I pass away, my kids will say, I don't want this house. They just want to sell it and buy two or three homes across the world that they can own and travel and don't have to worry about the maintenance problems. That's, again, what Elam Valley, this project's more about is to not have huge McMansions, but it's to create a livable neighborhood that you don't mind owning and you don't have these massive lots and, and problems that people now can't get rid of. Well, here's the takeaway I want people to get, and there's two of them from this podcast, Greg. Number one... Greg Wood knows what he's doing. Jeff knows how to pick them. Number two is that the Note Investment Group in 2018 is going to be doing a lot of happy dances. Absolutely. We're, we're just starting. Just to give a perspective is I've been working nonstop for roughly four years just to resurrect the project and get it started. We just started it. The owner of the land is a billionaire out of Washington state, plenty of money, doesn't really need to babysit this. He's allowed me to become the lead, the project manager, the direct contact with the city. I've been the one working with the city council. I'm the visionary for moving on what the original plan was. And not only that, to also be an investor. I personally put uh, a lot of my nest egg in the project because I believe in it. People do want to come here. They've always wanted to live here. We've only had a, neg a couple years of negative growth or even zero growth in the last 40 years or 50 years, actually. So we just know that it's always going to grow. It's going to be high demand. The state of Utah financially has always been strong. They haven't been bad with their problems with their government debts. And um, we see that Southern Utah is no different. They're very conservative fiscally. And yet we know that the demand of growth will continue. And that has its own problems. Growth, we see that traffic will continue to be a problem that we have to address over time. But we are at the ground floor of a, a master plan community, of the growth of Southern Utah, the aging baby boomers, et cetera, all want to come here. They really do. We're in their top 10 list anywhere around the world. They love Southern Utah because many people have been here and seen the parks. They've been here for the senior games or other things. And they say, man, if we could figure out a way to live there, we'd do it. But many things that hold them back is their family. If their family doesn't live close by, a lot of times they pick other places to live. Well, listen, uh, we've covered a lot of ground today, Greg, and I want to thank you so much. Yeah, I'm excited. This is, uh, this is stressful, but exciting. 
And I'm, I can't wait to see what 2018 brings. And, and we hope that Ball's guy and the investing group and Jeff, you're all part of it. And we, we look forward to what it can bring for all of us. Everybody that's been listening to this podcast, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you guys next time out. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Bald Guy Investing Podcast with Jeff Brown and our guest, Greg Wood.